We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about I go ahead and address the larger than average elephant in the room? No, I have never coached the sport that you folks call football. And heck, you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. <laughs> Hold on now. If I were to get fired from a job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car. You got the boot for putting boots in the boot. <laughs> I love that. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. We are back for season three, episode nine of our Ted Lasso recaps. Uh, man, we're we're getting close to the end. Uh, it's me, Caroline Darney, Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic breaking down this episode. Uh, before we get into it, want to shout out our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, especially our Big Chill producer-level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, Chris Mikoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zachary, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBow, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkleman, Mac Lindsay, Kurt Ritchie, Robert Dove, Jim Scroggs, Andrew Teagle, and Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting this show and for supporting us during this episode rewatch. We are... Down to the last few weeks of Ted Lasso, going to do a little bit more Lasso content after the finale airs and then get right back to sports movies. So big thanks to all the Patreon group and, and everyone who's been listening to the show. Uh, one quick thing to address with with this episode. Uh, I, I went barreling into the episode title. I meant to ask someone how to pronounce it because there is something in there that is French. I got it wrong. Caroline mocked me. Uh, so that, that is a thing I I'm, I'm going to wear it. I was going to just delete it, but, uh, I'm going to wear it. So with that, here's me, Caroline, Nicole talking Ted Lasso season three, episode nine. All right. Returning to big screen sports to talk Ted Lasso season three, episode nine from bet for the win. It is Caroline Darney from the athletic Nicole Auerbach guys. What is the piece of music that you consider a glorified finger exercise? <laughs> I appreciated how angry and contentious that press conference was so deeply because as a reporter, if you had an assistant coach teeing off with with hot music takes, that would be gold. I mean, I can it would imagine be the best. I can imagine Caroline live tweeting and then immediately <laughs> blogging that as yes. it's happening yes 100 this would be it would be it would be such amazing content 
like not just because it was like beard going full beard and like i love that there's just so much swearing in the press conferences that we saw um and that's just fine because it's whatever um because it's england quick aside on that they're never tweeting all of the reporters are always paying attention to what Very is being inaccurate. said that yeah, is pat, no pad and paper mm-hmm, this is good. where you know when they talk about the show being like a utopia and like ideal version of the world that's that that's not how <laughs> reporters are no we would be like face down trying mm-hmm. to remember the quote and get it out sooner than anyone else so we get the first set of retweets on it yeah well i mean imagine all the people like richmond's coach beard you know, calls out Led Zeppelin. Uh, if that were me, I would be telling people that Hotel California is a trash oh, piece that's of a, shit. Terrible that's, song. Kyle, are you my dad? <laughs> Come dad, at me, is Don you? Not only is Hotel California suck, the Eagles suck. I, I, seriously, my dad, my dad hates the Eagles. They're terrible. My parents are on the opposite end of this. I'm not going to let them anywhere near you guys probably not the move i i did kind of a this was like last year on twitter i did kind of a soft launch of of this take of like hey do the eagles kind of stink and i got a lot of support from it and so now i feel a lot more confident just saying like the eagles stink not worth listening to i'm like i'm with who is it is it spencer that has the spicy um bob dylan takes Mm -hmm. yeah listen i respect it and i'll also say having rewatched the episode uh, there is just a delightful moment where it's Higgins, right? Who's who's pushing Beard out the door. <laughs> yes. And then Beard sticks his face back in the mirror in the window to look back into the press conference. And Higgins just moves his hand to block him out so that he can't look back into the press box. It's so good. <laughs> so funny. There were so many more funny moments watching it the second time because yeah. it's so heavy the first time. Yeah. That was delightful. Yeah, I think there's actually a lot to gain from from talking about those press conferences. I'm looking forward to it. But mm. uh, before we get into it, who's got some content to promote? What's the going content. on? Everybody? The content. Well, um, if you're still interested, I did a uh, derby visitor or coronation visitor gallery quiz for you over at For the Win. Check that out. And uh, I'm going to have some, if I can stop crying long enough to write it, some Guardians of the Galaxy content for you coming at the end of this week as well. Because... The emotions are high. I thought about writing a story that was just, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and I may never emotionally recover um, and just write it as like a, like then send it to James Gunn and ask him to pay for the therapy I'll need. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. He's got the money. See if I've got time. Got to go Home Depot, you know? See I had the pleasure of watching that movie with Caroline in person because she came to visit this past weekend. I did. It was so And fun. she sobbed. From literally like 30 seconds into the movie until the final credit scene. I mean, it was sustained sobbing. Not an so, exaggeration. I had to yeah, ask none her of, for none more, of this. None of this is an exaggeration. Yes, I she, I had to give her my backup napkins. And that was only like halfway through. There was still I'm a lot. you, like full tears coming down my face. Yeah, I was sitting I next to Nicole's boyfriend and he was very concerned for my well-being. <laughs> Again, needed extra tissues literally halfway through. Um... So I, I recommend and can vouch for the authenticity of everything that Caroline is gonna Caroline is gonna write about this movie. Um, you can I, I've got stuff that's not fun and pop culture related, college football related over at the Athletic this week. Um, we'll have a feature and some you know just realignment rumblings. 
later on. And then I'll be on Sirius XM uh, Wednesday through Friday, 12 to 3 Eastern, Channel 84, just talking college sports. And honestly, probably a little Ted Lasso and some other things. But I did post, last time I was on here, we talked about how I had done some interviews with the Ted Lasso cast. I did post them on my own YouTube channel. Uh, I tweeted out the link, but I think if you just Google Nicole Auerbach and you Google like Phil Dunster, you'll find them. Um, and they were just delightful. So please lovely. go watch all of them. They're lovely interviews. I very much enjoyed them. They're just lovely people. I love mm-hmm. seeing them. And I, I think this might be the first time we're, you know, we're in episode nine. I'm going to miss them. We're, oh, we're getting I close. Know. I know. It, four, having four episodes left felt like we've got, we've got plenty we've got of time. Now we, got, having we got two movies left. Now yeah. we have. Like, now we only have yeah. like one row left on this on the screeners page well and mm-hmm. and this one was what 44 44 minutes, minutes. So... yeah you guys owe me about 16 more somewhere yeah Just maybe FYI. maybe the finale will be like two hours and it'll literally be a movie Hope so <laughs> i would love that but tonight we are talking about ted lasso season three episode nine la locker room ox follies mm-hmm. colin <laughs> will, you, will you pronounce that for me oh full oh full is that what is that French? Yeah. Okay. I'm I mean, locker <laughs> locker room isn't. <laughs> Whatever. What European show? I yeah. I listen, just, I even I knew it was French. I mean, that was. I'm. I. Listen, and Kyle's like someone's giving someone the ox cord. I'm not. Sure, oh. But. Oh, you you lived in Europe when you were growing up. Look at that. <laughs> she does. She does do this. She does drop these. I'm wearing a beret, you guys. Can you not see it? (laughs) For the listeners at home, I am wearing a beret and a striped t-shirt and smoking a cigarette at the end of a very long stick. I was going to ask about it before I read it, and then I started reading it, realized I had forgotten to ask about it, and just was like, whatever. (laughs) Caroline will rudely go, no. I'm fine. I'm I'm, Honestly, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Kyle, I'm with you. I have your back. Don't worry. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Anyways. Colin and Isaac's friendship is tested. Roy is asked to do a press conference. Uh, I'll I'll open it up. What is the the biggest what what is the biggest question? What was answered? What is the theme of this episode? Nicole, I'll start with you. Well, I think the the overall th- theme is uh, acceptance because this is the big coming out storyline that we have been waiting for. Even though we don't physically see Colin say it to the team, I loved that actually that that mm-hmm. editorial decision to. The moment leading up to it and then the moment immediately following him saying the words. Uh, but it is about that. And that gets into the Colin Isaac relationship and the fact that Isaac did not feel like Colin could trust him and was upset that he had felt he had been lied to for multiple years and he couldn't be that person who could have Colin's back fully. Um, I think also spe- it was just it was about acceptance and about love and about all of those things and the reasons we love this show. And we're going to continue to talk about Um, And then I think for Roy, it also was about accepting who he is and watching back the Rebecca just totally dressing him down. It it was so needed to tell him to stop, you know, just assuming he doesn't deserve better things and then complaining about what he has that he needs to accept that he deserves more and accept that he may have bigger dreams than he thinks he does. And I think that that's where the two storylines are, are parallels because he's not really living the life he wants either. Um, and it's it's harder for him to realize that or really come to terms with it. But 
I think that it's about understanding who you are and um, and what you're looking for. And that also goes to Nate, right? Like we saw Nate really take a big step in in turning down Rupert and and wanting to just sit on Jade's couch and be home and be around someone who loves him. Like these are people just looking to be accepted as exactly who they are. And I, I don't think, and, and two of them knew that, I think, but I don't know that Roy knew he needed that until he got it. Yeah, Nate sees who he doesn't want to be. Roy gets kind of a glimpse of who he can be. Um, Car- I think I, I sent this to the group, but Caroline, I am officially, after this episode, I am Roy and Keely Endgame. I, yeah. My belief is strong. I'm Welcome. I'm I'm passionate oh, I'm about ba- this. I'm back there. I'm back there. Nicole, yeah, the water's, water's see... warm, guys. Come on in. <laughs> I, I, Nicole, I texted you after first wash, and I was like, did you see Keely's face when Roy was talking in the press conference? The whole scene. So first watch through, I was watching Rebecca, right? Because I'm like, okay, how is the boss handling all of this? And Keely's yeah. right on the right side of the screen. She is just, she has the same expression the entire time that he is opening up and talking about these things and sticking up for Isaac. She's like kind of glassy eyed. Like she's, she's right on the verge of tears and emotion. And you're, you're just watching her and go, this is, she, she's in love with him. She's still in love with him. And there's so much there. And we felt that in, in past fleeting moments, right. Of Roy, uh, when he's talked to Keely or, um, interacted with her maybe earlier in the season or when he found out that she was dating Jack, et cetera, et cetera. But man, it was, it really, it knocks you over. And it also just reminds you, like, the chemistry between those two mm-hmm. actors is so much better than Keely and Jack and, and so many other pairings because you could just feel it all in that in those glances. Yeah. She was, it was, it was also, like, a compassionate look. Like, because yes. he was telling a, a story that, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to write, like, a scathing story about him now. But it's it's something that, like, a dumb kid would have said to someone that, like, it wasn't like putting Roy in super favorable light with the with the comment he made. It wasn't horrible. Like you're not gonna can- cancel him, quote unquote. But she looked at him like understanding his pain and like what that probably had done to him over time. Like because he clearly still thinks about it, and holds it with him. And so I agree that the acceptance part for Nate is so great. For so there's a lot of conversation online or with friends about like how they they think that nate didn't have necessarily enough of a villain arc like where like he went went evil went to west ham and then now we're like oh he's better but i think it's less about nate being evil like nate i don't think was ever evil this has all been nate's insecurities and nate's jealousy and nate's um desire to be accepted by the wrong people um anger is different than evil exactly he was angry rupert is evil yes and people want like a big like he has to do something big to redeem himself and i don't think that it's going to be i think there will be one breaking point moment but these little moments that we've gotten i actually prefer than having him be evil and having one like major breakthrough where he's like oh my god i was wrong i got i lost to ted in the championship game so i was wrong like one of those things because we saw him today tonight in this in this episode whatever um understand that rupert's acceptance doesn't really matter to him anymore in the sense that like he doesn't want to be like rupert if that's what it's going to be he doesn't want to be like rupert the respect that he has for his girlfriend the, i don't i won't even say love yet because you know, whatever whatever but they have what i would 
from what we've seen, a very healthy relationship. They seem to have great communication. Uh, there's none of the like potential jealousy with like him having a guy's night. He's not like when he go. I just thought it was such a sweet moment when he showed back up at her apartment. It wasn't super clingy. It was anything weird. Um, he just decided where he would rather spend his energy. And it was a very, every time I see him interacting with Rupert, I think of what he must think if he told Ted the same thing. And mm-hmm. so the, the joy with which he said, this is my girlfriend, Jade, I could feel that. And I thought that was so sweet. Like, and then I imagine Ted's reaction when he gets to tell Ted that he, this is his girlfriend, Jade, and my heart explodes. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm a sap and I forgive people too easily on this, but that's how I looked at it. And it's just, it was so nice to see him not need that acceptance anymore. I loved it. I thought about the same thing that what, what Ted and the diamond dogs reaction, yes. they would be, would be so happy for be, him. Yeah. They would be woofing. Yes. They're just like, like and then Trent would go. Woof. Yeah. Like <laughs> he doesn't even know Trent's the diamond dogs yet. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. I mean, I, I think they've done a really nice job of setting up those parallels with him trying to start his own diamond dogs. Right. And also like his version of Higgins inviting him out for a drink, like all these things that he would normally just have done. I, I also think that, Caroline, to your point that like there wasn't some major moment, I think it's just him getting all these things that he thought would make him happy and yeah. them not br- bringing any joy to his life. So he thought he had to be like that. Um, and you see it when he puts on and like has a little one liner, right, where he's like waiting for the response and thinking that that's going to be that moment where like he's going to feel good because yeah. someone's going to laugh at his joke. But I so to me, I actually think it was it's it was a series of moments in these early episodes, including this the scene with Rupert and realizing what he got asked to go out with these girls that Rupert can't even remember their names correctly. But it's just like it's a series, a series of moments where he realizes that all these things he thought were going to make him happy aren't. And that goes to the insecurity and all these decisions and anger and choices he's made. But like to me, those are the moments where he's realized he made a massive mistake and it is more realistic that it would just be a series of small events than one major thing because Rupert showed us who he was all along. So it's just thinking that that's who he was and realizing that he none of those actions or activities make him happy. Yeah, I was just saying everything Nate ever did was out of spider jealousy or anger. So like the the telling Trent about Ted was just jealousy and anger thinking that he was getting like written off to the side and like cast aside, which is his big fear is being alone, being lonely, being not respected. Um, and he's needed to gain the self-respect in order to, you know, it's cheesy as that sounds. It was like, you got to love yourself before anyone else can love you. But like that it, it is like, you got to, he's got to figure out what makes Nate Shelley tick. And I think that I keep going back to the scene, um, with his mom and his sister as one of the like most pivotal in his growth um and realizing even that it's okay if he got rejected by jade like it wouldn't have been the end of the world like you know yeah if you ask her out and she says no and like and he, he gives that whole dickensian orphan thing whatever but that's you know if that's the worst thing that happens like you'll be okay like it'll be fine um so i just keep going back to that scene i just love that scene so much but when it's funny coming into the season we thought about you know how would the nate redemption that we all knew would more than likely come happen and i think a lot of that a lot of us at least like me in particular attributed that to we'll probably have some conversations with ted or something like that or like ted will win him back this has been all self-discovery 
This yeah. has been all this has been all Nate. When he it's kind of a Star Wars parallel. When he first faced Ted, like an Empire, he he wasn't ready. Just w- wasn't ready to handle it. Now he's he's completed. He's almost completed his training. Is what really what it was. Like he he saw the path that he could have gone down if he goes into the the private room with Rupert at Bones and Honey. The literal dark side, because everything is so dark. Literal dark side. I texted both of you that. The whole scene, every time they're in in the West Ham offices, it's so dark. It's It's like watching the Batman again. Oh, my God. Yeah. uh, We get it. We get it. They're evil. Jason, Jason, we get it. The number one rule of dating is when your serial cheater buddy says, let's just go out for a guy's night. No, no girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. You just don't go. Sweet, <laughs> sweet, naive Nate still is like, oh, it'll be fun. Like he pictured the two of them having like, you know, oh, like a, like a beard and-, and Ted moment, like a <laughs> maze, you know, just yeah, the two exactly. of them sipping their drinks. But but I'm glad he went. Like, oh, 100%. He needs to I see think, it. Yeah. I think he needed to see it. And I also think that it, it just underscored like so much about he still has that that hopefulness that um that like I'm going to assume the best out of someone. It's still in him. So he's thinking that that is going to be a positive bonding experience and is immediately proven wrong. And, you know, I just I, I loved how the whole thing unfolded and for him to, you know, claim that he you know had a reason to leave and everyone knew exactly what was happening and. Um, mm-hmm. And the look that Rupert gave him, like all of that needed to play out exactly the way that it did, because you could already tell that like Rupert was not a fan of him having a girlfriend, you know, purposely forgot her name and did all those other little underhanded comments. But they needed to have that moment where he he stared it down and said no. I will say Rupert's little thing of of knowing that she's from like South Pole, the south of Poland or something with the accent. I was like, that's kind it's of a pretty good party trick. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, his only. It's his only party trick, guys. Yeah, I mean, have as, as as we know, I'm obviously very good at that, d- discerning <laughs> languages and, and words. But uh... <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, did you grow up in Europe? Did you bounce around Europe? You know what? Just live Listen. in a lot of different places. It's just the languages, the tongues, just roll off just, yours. It's natural. Yeah. Listen, if the if these words were in Spanish, I would be able to say them just fine. Uh, Donde está? La I, I, I took Latin, so it's the most hey, useless. Hey, me too. Yeah, but it's Caroline. It's, it's useless. I was like, great. It, I can, oh, it's very. I useless. can read. I can read buildings that have are kind of broken down. Oh, I in can't even do that. Rome. I'm, I'm basically like. I feel like the word etymology is based in Latin. Is as much as I can do. This has turned into dork podcast. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> no, Kyle, yeah, Kyle, Kyle get, us back, get us back. Get us back. Kyle's here, like, please. don't even know how to bring this one back. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into best scene. Let, let's let's talk about best scene. I I think this one had a couple heaters. I when I went to my rewatch, I I was thinking that there was like one clear, you know. This is the best scene, and then I I kept bouncing back and forth. Like Caroline, is there is there a, is there a one? Is there a single one or is there a single one? I think an argument can be made for several. And I yes. think it includes um, the locker room scene and the second press conference scene. I don't think the first one is long enough to like count as like, I mean, it's a great scene. It's a fringe best scene. Um, and I'd actually potentially put the entire um, if you count it as one scene, Rebecca coming down to get Roy and then talking to him in her office, because I think that was a very important scene. Um, 
Am I missing any? Yeah, Those you're are the three mi- that so stand out to me. I think you're missing Isaac and Colin at the end. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yes, 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 yes. I, yes, it, it, yes. it obviously goes well with the locker room scene, yeah. but, you know, we were waiting for that, right? And so to have it play out the way that it did, and it was so funny at the end as well. <laughs> is it a sleeping uh, arrangement or sexual yeah, position? So Unless it it's bunk beds, then it's both. So funny. Um, I'll also, you know, I, I listed this as a separate, and I know that it's not technically but it felt a little bit different. Um, Trent's reaction to the locker room scene. So So I I loved him, you know, asking Colin, was this how you hoped it would be? And he makes the joke about how he wished the whole team was gay and they could all be on Oprah, which was lovely. But it was the moment after when Trent's alone and he just like kind of stops and looks back into the locker room, like amazed that such a scene had just played out in that locker room. And again, I know it's kind of tangentially related to the locker room scene, but I would I would say it's on its own. Like to me, that moment stood out separately. It's a beautiful moment. It's a mix of him being proud, happy for Colin, and also at least like one to two percent of him is just like my book is gonna fucking rock. Like I've just <laughs> well, got all is, the good stuff. I wrote I wrote this down. Is are they gonna is he gonna let him include that in the book? That's yeah, that's, that's gonna Colin. be Colin's yeah, it's gonna be Colin's I mean call. part of this is like is Colin going to come out publicly at some point right like that was one of my questions he will when he gets to kiss his fella after winning the game i'm so So maybe ideally that happens and then trent can write about all of this in the book but yes like i was just so glad like trent has become like my second favorite character maybe in a lot of these episodes he's so good and we've just learned so much about him and he just has all these like really subtle facial expressions that i love and actually, to be fair, the scene where Colin came to talk to him, I thought was even pretty sweet too. Just the two of them, yeah. where he's like, "You got to give him time." Like he's like, he's like, they, Isaac knows." He goes, "That Ted's son is failing science." <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, is like, that another Henry nugget of like, man, he he needs his dad there. <laughs> All of I mean, he he's needs to stop making struggling. the puns on yeah. the, the teacher. Loved the teacher loved the puns. Um, So are you saying so you're saying for the the Roy and Rebecca scene like it starts with her running like starting to go find him and then yeah like I see when him of having having a hair yeah 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 okay all right I I loved that I well and it was so there's a few things about the entire Roy and Rebecca I think both had outstanding episodes obviously mm-hmm. colin has a great episode i think i think uh cola bikini the actor who plays yeah. isaac was fantastic in this episode he was so good you could feel the emotion like every emotion from him i thought he was excellent um but i love i was actually surprised and i don't know if i, I but when when they first asked him to do the press conference of beard ends up doing and his first response is fuck no like she's the boss <laughs> Like, yeah, I was like Roy, and then he does the whole conversation. But that's where she shows her power still, right? Like not just in a I'm the boss, you're going to do it, but she didn't have to say anything. Like he was like, "Why can't Ted do it?" I mean, like I can't wait, or I'd love to, whatever. Um, and so I just loved her putting down her foot and showing the authority, but also not in a way that was just I'm going to dress you down, like it was important like what she was telling him and he needed to hear it. And I think then obviously you see the growth where he volunteers to do the one after um, Isaac gets a red card and gets ejected. 
because he i mean that whole scene with him and isaac was great okay i, I lied I there's several say, really good scenes yeah that that one that count um, as locker room scene that should count as locker room scene. i don't i mean it's a separate room and yeah. it was a separate conversation you know and, well, so, i love that no one ever checks for will kitman <laughs> like <laughs> he every time anyone talks in the in the boot room he's always in there it's fantastic i it was it was an all-time great roy episode i mean like it's right yeah. up there with with some of his episodes and it was so lovely to have him and rebecca interact directly solo like i i was trying to think back about the last time we had that we, we, we had it's been a while and i mean like a great scene between the two of them of uh like feel like you've been struck by lightning keely was there like that was a double yeah. date um so i just thought that was it, it reminded us how well they know each other and how like she was the one who needed to say that to him yeah. um and like it was just it was everyone hit all the right notes in that one and i just thought it was it it was excellent um so i think for me you know i think the the locker room scene certainly is 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 the one that will resonate coming out of that i think then it would be roy and rebecca followed by isaac and colin because I got nervous. I'm going to say this. Like, I know we're going to get to this later in the in the rundown here, but I got I got nervous about the Isaac edit that we were getting. I was like, what is happening? Why is this going was, on so long? Why is yeah, he not was, just telling- When he moved his hand off of his oh, hand in the... Yeah. Oh, like, I, I was... Sir? I, sir. <laughs> I was nervous, but I was pretty sure it was just kind of a misdirect. It the thing with Rebecca... The opposite, <laughs> it would just be the opposite of the ethos of the show, but yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the thing with Rebecca... And Rebecca telling off Roy in this conversation to him, Rebecca has context about the breakup that we still do not have. Yeah. Rebecca has yeah, heard true, from Keely all the details. Yeah. And it, it's the way she talked to him about, you know, she said, you'd rather eat a bowl of shit soup and complain about the portions. Get out of your own way, man, because this whole woe is me thing you've got going on is fucking ponderous. It, it spoke to me of, hey, man, you're you're digging your own grave here. You are the cause of your misery. You are choosing to be miserable right now. And that the wording and, and how and the tone leads me to believe that what he has with Keely is salvageable because Rebecca seeing both of them knows, you know, like, you know, you know, if a couple can work or not. And Rebecca knows better than anybody. So I, again, the Roy episode and the thing about his press conference to me, it was the clear he's ready for this to lead a team by himself. When eventually this team is not coached by Ted Lasso and we get the opposite Beard cannot be that guy. Beard is absolutely <laughs> not ready for this. Beard can be a tactical guy. He can be a great practice guy. He can, you know, Beard's not ready for this. You can't have him in the press conference. Roy is, Roy is ready for this. Roy is, is in this next phase of his life and sport. Um, and what he says about fans is a hundred percent true. The, yes. some people think yeah. they buy a ticket. They can say anything to the athletes. I would love to institute a rule in like college games that are not elimination games or just pro games that if someone is heckling another team's player or a player on their team for missing free throws, they have to go make free throws. And if they cannot make both those free throws, they are banned from the stadium for life. <laughs> I would, I would love, I would love it. Even if it's like after the game, like after the game, all the heckling fans that we have picked out are coming down to shoot these free throws to determine if they're ever going to be able to come back in the arena. I would love that. Or in like a football game, like you just have to literally like go up against a football player. Like they think that they're tougher than these guys and that they're soft and like try to tackle one. Just like, yeah. let's well, see. 
it's the also the you know it's 2023 y'all no one should be saying that word (laughs) sorry something in my throat (laughs) seeing as this word just came up in the sports media world or sports world two days not a day ago um we had a coach saying this shit and so it's it's yeah fans say absolutely and then they what they did perfectly too was the way the actor played it as the fan where it was like whoa what did i do like that whole thing was like this guy came for me what do we do like that thing and i loved roy's like get him out of here like that you know Mm -hmm. just the whole way that they were able to set up the situation and for the show purposes obviously no one should ever say that to anyone else um but for the show purposes was i think well done to get to the root of the issue with isaac and colin like um and i think again it just set up a way where roy could be roy in his perfect gruff understanding way but it's also he's softer now like for all the you know the language and stuff i mean the the episode starts with him telling ted that it was right to change the system and he told the team they did great complimenting the team um and then even the moment where he takes isaac and pulls him aside and they have that moment that's something ted would do like he he's he's clearly being set up to realize that he could be a manager but also, like, he has all these tools in his toolbox and he's using yeah. them and, and and we're seeing all of that. Um, but it's it's not just the press conference and kind of owning that moment and just also, like, really having your players back, but also, like, saying it was unacceptable. But also the pulling aside of the players, the feedback, um, you know, all he's missing really is the ability to use a real whistle for, you know. His, <laughs> this his... time when he, in the beginning, when he was like, whistle! That was my favorite one! <laughs> But I, I just, Kyle, certainly back on what you said about, you know, how Rebecca knows more about the breakup. Um, I think that's a really good point because what she's saying to him is like, basically, he's too scared to ask for more. And that's like in this context professionally, right, that he could be more than just a an assistant coach has kind of started doing this as a favor. But also, like, it clearly reads like, OK, you broke up with Keely because you were just scared that it was going so well. Or you like made up a reason that you were scared that like you didn't deserve it or whatever it was. Yeah. Cause all of the things she said could apply to both situations. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we haven't mentioned Keely and I guess, I guess we can get into that, but it seems like she is very single. So this all things point to Roy, Roy Keely end game. And I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, I, I think, I, I don't think I said, but I, I think the best scene is kind of the, the dueling locker room scenes, the, the Roy and Isaac with the, um, Colin coming out, everything. Bron- you know, D- Denver Broncos comparison. And then Jamie goes, what's a Bronco? What's a Denver <laughs> Bronco? When, yeah, that's when Beard goes, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> or whatever he says. Like, I taught Kyle how to screenshot, or how to, sorry, how to use subtitles on screeners just so <laughs> that I could screenshot that line of, are you comparing being a Denver gay. Bronco to being gay? A Denver Bar- being a fan of the Denver Broncos to being gay, and I screenshotted that, and that was the only one that I did for the whole episode. I was like, it's just, it's, it's perfect. That'll come in one. handy with like a Russell Wilson pick six in some, some <laughs> fashion this year. But the the locker room scene in terms of like just an emotional rating, uh, 
Uh, there was the, it was almost an aside, but Jamie saying you got us made and we got you like our, our precious, well-adjusted lad, Jamie, who's a supportive teammate. And then we finally get the scene from the trailer where Sam just says, I love you guys so very much. And it hit just like I wanted it to hit. On three. I love you guys so very much. Uh, that actually, um, Nicole, I'm surprised you didn't say it yet. The back and forth between Sam and Jamie. I have that for the next category. I'm oh, let's, let's roll following into the it. rules. <laughs> yeah. let, let, let's roll mistake. into it. We'll do the we'll do the ad break after the laughing Liam award. So let let's Nicole, by by all means, what's the funniest funniest part of this episode? Okay. My favorite moment, and I laughed the most, was when Jamie asked Sam if he should be the one to wear the captain's <laughs> sleeve and Sam gave him the finger back. But the back and forth of like, no, should, should it be me? No, should it be me? Should it be me? And then Sam just giving him the finger was so funny. And it's like, it just, it, it cracked me up so much and it cracked me up the second time and then knew it was coming because it, it's such a heavy episode. It's tackling all of these issues around homophobia and, and the pressure that Colin's facing and all of these other things. And then you just have this amazing, perfect moment between the two of them. And then later on, you know, you have Jamie celebrating with Sam and with Colin and all these things where he's just grown so much and it's just lovely. But it, it cracked me up so much. And Sam's reaction to it and to give him the finger was just perfect. It was incredible. I I, I cracked up, uh, loved it so much. And we'll watch that scene a million times. It's excellent. So good. Uh, Roy, Roy's banter with the reporters. I know you uh, guys, that was as, mine. as people who have been in press conferences, oh, I, I will let you, you take that then. I've never done a press conference. <laughs> well, usually it all depends on like what the press conference is. Like for the most part, the ones I would do, like the sports information director, like calls on people at like, so we don't, there's no chance for like Tony Bennett to make up names for us. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> so he said, you five o'clock shadow head. <laughs> That was excellent. He calls the uh, the guy who's now at the Independent New Trent. That cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, I prefer asked, you to old yeah. Trent. I prefer you to old Trent, Trent which was in old Trent being in the room. I wish they would have like cut to him very quickly, but they didn't. And that's fine. And then as they cut away, he was like, yeah, you Goblin King. <laughs> we don't know which one that was. It was. But, those were funny. Those were great. But it, it took me back to one of my absolute favorite scenes from season one where he's trying to apologize or like ask Keely out and apologize for blowing up over her I'm sleeping with Jamie again um and she does all the different like uh Keely Jones the independent like Keely Jones independent Sunday edition like you know the insert like whatever I just absolutely love that first and foremost and then he's like yeah uh you with the eyes (laughs) I I thought about that too because she got so emotional right like in in both of those scenes She's yeah. at the podium and she's in the back and it's um those were those were incredibly funny. New Trent had me. Like that New really Trent got me because was I really good. Could totally see coaches actually doing that. Hundred percent a long yes, time was... writer, like get you know, moves on. Um oh I'll also like, yeah. I've got another one. Um I thought Jade was really funny. Yes. We haven't heard her say that much. And um, I just, I loved it is worthwhile to meet you to Rupert instead of saying it's great to meet you or it's good to meet you. Like, it's, it's worthwhile. Like, you know, give me something to talk about. And then the, he seems wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the only nice thing that she could come up with to say about him, which I thought was great. The it's worthwhile to meet you reminded me of 
in 27 dresses which is long documented on this podcast is one of my favorite rom-coms um next february kyle this is my new while you were sleeping um when she first meets james marsden and she's doing the back and forth between the the two um wedding parties in the first scene and uh she says it was interesting meeting you (laughs) like just it wasn't good or bad it was just I like it. I like worthwhile. You. I feel yeah. like that's a, that's one to steal. You. you know, like hundred percent a likely enemy, but you're not really an enemy yet. Like, yeah. just throw it out there. It's worthwhile. I thought. You. I think Roy gets my laughing Liam for the episode though. Yeah, just because I, think, he, I, I also think really laughed at the um uh just again when he did the whole well I already said the whistle like changing up the whistles kills me um and then he did the the way he said. I'd love to when he really did not want to do the um, press conference and the every single one of you knows I do not have a hairy ass and none of you came to my defense. I will never forgive you. That was that was the funniest <laughs> moment I thought he had. I also um, none of I'll, you spoke up and I will never forgive you. <laughs> I will never forgive you. I um I will I'll throw in again. So the Jamie Sam moment was just hysterical to me. So I'm going to give it to Jamie because he had that. And then also the moment where he realized everyone in the locker room thought he was gay and he was so flattered and honored that they thought it was him. That that also cracked me up. So that was, was guys. I'm flattered. That was was very good. So genuinely flattered. Yeah. I hate bringing in Arlo White to anything because, as I've said before, he is sports watching for the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia right now. But uh, him and Chris during the game, Arlo says Van Damme's been a commanding presence, and Chris says, just like in the movie Time Cop, he does this yeah. twice. <laughs> that was funny. That was really good. Um, are we doing? Is there? Are we doing a separate? I, Nicole like followed the run sheet. Are we doing a separate character count? Blah 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 for best joke because I have another one for that. Yeah, no, we're, put, we're just doing all the, the funnies. Yeah, okay, all good. The funny. All the funnies um, are now in the same. So May, the entire scene after May says like, "Oh yeah," she says, "I hope his kid shivs him in his sleep." <laughs> Because he and was then, rude to her niece. Yes, he was rude to her niece. And then that's when the our fa- three favorite fans are like, that prick. <laughs> I just, there's some, May has like, has some of these real, she's had a couple episodes, like some real good one-liners that are very, very like low key that I absolutely love. The, uh, yeah. I hope his kid shivs him in his sleep. I just could not stop laughing. And then the other favorite was early on. First of all, I am 100% a double texter i don't with someone like new that i'm dating i don't want to overwhelm people but both of you know that i am a double texter Mult more and so i like when you're watching when, a nicholas cage movie i just <laughs> i i've stopped responding when you're doing a movie review because i'm like i'm gonna let a couple of these accumulate just and then i'm just go. gonna respond to them as a whole <laughs> um but when rebecca takes the phone and goes <gasps> so much blue <laughs> i was Hackling at that. We need I to just... like slow mo that screen and figure out exactly how many text messages we saw because I think it was like at least eleven. Yeah, there were a lot and some big ones too, some yes. chonky ones in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, which Brutal. is interesting because it seemed like she was kind of over it with Jack. Remember I when wanted Roy her leaves... to break up with Jack? I know. Yeah. Remember when Roy leaves right away? She's like, she's beside herself. She sobs like 
that whole thing. Jack leaves and Key's like, all right, I'm going to keep watching Sex in the City. So I, <laughs> it was, I was, it, that part kind of surprised me actually. Um, there's one more funny thing that I want to call out is when Colin and Isaac are playing video games, which is so sweet. And Isaac asks the thing that every guy would ask if they found out they had a gay teammate. Was like, who's the, who's the best looking guy in the team? Who's the fittest guy in the team? As Isaac says, and Colin's like, I wouldn't tell you, and you wouldn't believe me. And the guys, goes, you bummer catch. Yeah, <laughs> bummer catch. immediately. And he yeah. goes, yes. <laughs> that was a very, very yeah. We already said the like top or bottom is a sexual position or sleeping arrangement. So good. So sexual good. position, unless you're in. A- in bunk beds then it's both (laughs) all right let's uh (laughs) let's take our ad break and then we'll get back with the best ted moment we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, best Ted moment. Uh, this is an episode that's slimmer on Ted moments. We really get we get uh, him coming up to deliver biscuits and money, and we we get the the Broncos speech, which I I thought it was a great moment. I was wondering, I you know there there was no way Ted wasn't going to say something meaningful in that moment. He he wouldn't. It's not Ted's style to just been like, yep, we're all there with you. And while the the plane that he's flying is very shaky, a lot of turbulence, he eventually lands the plane with the, I should have been there with him watching his garbage-ass team win the Super Bowl. (laughs) His garbage-ass team win back-to-back Super Bowls. Also, the also funny thing was like the damage it would take to, or he said he like destroyed a toilet and it cost $4,000. I think he said $9,000. Oh, yeah, nine. It was pricey. Imagine, imagine how much damage you'd have to do. Um, I do. I think that's the best moment for me because I think it's the like the normal biscuit banter. I love obviously. Um, when he made up, I thought for a second like he was just gonna sing that heart like a truck song, which is like in my on like in my head all the time with those commercials. Um, but I think it. I mean, it's the important message. It's the. It does matter, but not in a way where it's like it. You know no one wants to think that like who you are doesn't matter. And that's an important part of who, who Colin is. And rather than it not matter, it's like the people that say like, I don't see color. And it's like, that's not the point. Like you should appreciate people for who they are and what they bring to the table and what makes them special and what they're about. And so the message being, while I think the guys had their hearts in the right place saying like, we don't care, bro. Like that's like, 
the reaction that he wanted it was it was fine-tuning the message i think is what ted did and what ted is his purposes in this in the entire show universe is to kind of fine-tune those messages and help these guys grow and help other people grow and it was that was a beautiful moment even if the comparison was a little <laughs> let's just watch this shitty team win back-to-back super bowls <laughs> it was it was the one line where he's like we don't not not care yeah you know i i just thought that that was just such a nice distillation of all of it and um, yeah, we got the biscuit banter. We got all the terrible puns he was making to Henry's teacher. Yes. We did have some Ted moments um, and Ted magic. But yeah, it was it was the clumsy analogy that leads into him saying like, no, we don't not care. We, we do care. We care about you. We are with you. We're here for you. And also that it was just very much unspoken in that locker room that no one would say anything. Like, it didn't mm-hmm. even need to be said that, like, it stays here and that, like, he, you know, wasn't going to go rush out and tell the press or whatever, right? Like, and I just thought that, like, Ted made that pretty clear without having to make it clear by just saying that, like, they're all together now and, like, he does not have to um, take this on by himself anymore. And that's the lasso effect. I, Colin couldn't have come out in the, the clubhouse that Ted inherited. And no. I think that's kind of a, a, a marker of, of how gelled this team is um the the rupert award for the villain of the episode i know in the run sheet i have i put when i was outlining the season that rupert is basically voldemort so he's ineligible for this category but it is just always him anytime he's around it is always him. he is horrible he is a legitimately terrible person yeah he's i wrote it's rupert come on (laughs) yeah it's rupert it is. Um, it's it's terrible. I mean, he is a great representation of a lot of big time sports owners. Like, there's a lot of people like Rupert who own major sports teams, and a lot of people like Rupert who are heads of Fortune 500 companies or overpaid CEOs. Like, Rupert is just a scummy piece of shit with a lot of money that if he didn't have, he would get beat up every day. In the non-Rupert division, however, I'm going with the fan because he sucks. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good um, one. And the old coach oh, uh, yeah. who's he still on the, on the TV show um, who was like, and that's why I never made McAdoo captain while I was there. Like, you didn't try with McAdoo. You didn't do I shit with McAdoo. thought that that was also pitch perfect, though. Like, that, that that would be the reaction from him and, like, a sports talk show. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was played perfectly, but I'd still... Um, hey, sorry. Um, I I also wrote perhaps the um the writers and editors of this episode for getting us to think for one second that Isaac would be homophobic because <laughs> it went on an uncomfortable amount of time yeah. where I was like no he's not actually upset or like not going to love Colin and be friends with him but he kept going and he didn't want to touch his hand that was just Yeah was, that was, was when so I was like oh, bruv uh yeah I love Isaac so much. Yeah. Um, on the pitch, talking the soccer action, we get a ton of soccer, ton of football in this episode. We get the opening montage of them kicking the ball around. Things are good. We find out that what they've won eight straight, I think. Yeah. Um, looking forward to, to patron Andrew Teagle kind of updating us on the, you know, the where they are in the standings. Yeah. But with, 
with that, with that kind of knowledge, they come from behind and win. So I guess that means they've, they've won nine straight again. There's the thing of what are they building up to? Is it just one game against West Ham? Is it a championship of some sort? But the team seems the team thing seems figured out. Like yeah. we're, I don't think we have to worry about that until there's a big game. They tell us to worry about it. I don't basically, I don't see any more, you know, bumps, multiple in the road game, for this team. losing streaks. Yeah. Blah, yeah. Blah. yeah. I, I think we're, we're fired on all cylinders. The, uh, I think the part, like the best football is like what we don't see. Like where Colin has two assists in the second half and he's playing free and they're down 10 men. Um, that's probably the best football. I think, uh, Oh shoot! What was I going to say? Now I forgot completely. It's great content from your girl. I, Good content. I I am with you guys. Um, it's nice to watch them kind of seem competent for a while. I, I like when they do the different ball movement. Like there was the behind the back, um, or kind of like kicked it back pass, and then they don't ultimately score on that. But like it looks cool. Um, I I also wrote the same thing. Like how well are they playing? Are we contending for something? Like the whole. That, that final scene in season one where Rebecca says like that she's going to keep Ted and that like, you know, they're getting relegated. It was like, OK, we're going to come back. We're going to, um, you know, we're, we're going to be back in the Premier League. And then it was we're going to win the whole fucking thing. Yeah. I, it feels like they lost too many games for that. But like allegedly, I don't, I don't know that we one, are. The, the patron he was just talking about gave like responded to one of the tweets and was like, here's the breakdown. So essentially they're still breakdown. in position to like. Okay. Because they did win a lot with Java, right? So yeah, like they right. did. Yeah. I think I, we that's... need to have, the thing is like, they don't show West Ham having any sort of like bumps in the road. And I wonder if that's going to come at some point and like kind of test that Rupert Nate relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say, I, Alex pointed this out a few episodes ago. Uh, the whiteboards are always great. And this one, I forget what all of it said, but the bottom it said like, may your football be total with like three A's at the end. <laughs> I always love Beard's whiteboards. <laughs> and may your football be total. Love Beard in good. general. Yes. Um, the I don't think you realize how psychologically healthy this is. That is award uh, for which character showed Actually, the most. Actually not Jamie growth. this week. Actually not Jamie, although Jamie's still very psychologically great healthy this, week, in this but, episode. Yeah. yeah. Who is it, Caroline? I think it is. Oh, actually, now it's. I think there are three candidates. I think the candidates are Isaac. I think the candidates are Roy. And I think the candidate is Nate um, for leaving the bar. Because I don't think two months ago, Jade or no Jade, uh, if he saw like Rupert cheating. Because that's the other that's the other side of it, right? Is it's not just him trying to bring Nate into his like seedy backroom shenanigans. Mm-hmm. It's that. Now Nate twice has seen extremely shady things with regards to like this man who has a baby at home and a wife at home. Like, so I don't know that two months ago, Nate's leaving that situation because his desire to be accepted is just overwhelming everything else. So proud of Nate. He's not my winner, but I wanted to, you know, honorable mention. Um, I think I'm going to go Roy just because Isaac wasn't homophobic it was uh, the the hurt over the communication process. And I don't think necessarily, because it is about personal growth. Like he did grow personally in this episode, but it took him like nearly punching his fan to get there. So like, as he said, like we say, it's like not going to be taught in any Tibetan, like um, no, no Tibetan Mon- monks are going to be monasteries. Monastery, yeah. so I was like, I, my, monks is not the word, but it involves <laughs> them. Um, so I think Roy, 
um, from everything with blowing off his boss to having the dress down and hearing what he needed to hear to accepting responsibility, not just to do the press conference, but to take it on himself, to tell Ted, no, you stay here. I'm going to go talk to Isaac. Um, and then he shared personal information about himself in a public setting. And I think that shows a ton of growth for Roy. So I, I think you convinced me, honestly, to switch my vote to Nate. Uh, because <laughs> Same. it's I'll take that. incredibly psychologically healthy for him to make that choice into what makes him feel happy and loved as he is yeah, and not trying to be someone he's not. But I actually wrote Rebecca for the opposite reasons that you just described with Roy. I, I, I think it was a great episode for her, but mm-hmm. she clearly saw the Keely Jack dynamic for what it was. She knows how to bring Keely out of these types of moods and experiences it's it's a great in to get us to having Keely back around the team in the program. Thank God. But I think that Rebecca has we we've seen her lows, we've seen her, you know, kind of figuring out her way. And I I just thought for kicking Roy into gear and saying those things and seeing people around her for how clearly she does, um, letting Roy or Ted, because we thought it was going to be Ted, but speaking in that post game without talking points, without prep, without anything heavy handed, I just think it was such a good experience and lesson of of what we've seen her grow and her trust in different people, the way that she reads people, um, trusting those instincts, knowing when to push someone, knowing when to pull back, knowing when to poke someone or make fun of someone like I just thought she's in a really good mental place and I just thought that we saw that in her interactions with a lot of different people not that she needed to grow a lot from the first minute to the final minute of this episode but like that's a totally different Rebecca than we saw at the beginning of this season totally different Rebecca we saw in season two and obviously in in season one where she's you know sabotaging things but I, I just felt like it was a very healthy scene for her. I know that's kind of like the opposite of the way that you guys do this award, but I just thought that it applies to her in reverse. I mean, if there's one rule about this podcast, it's that there are no rules. But I follow, (laughs) but Kyle, I follow rules. You know this. I have an outline prepared for this, for this, for this podcast. I think because of everything she told him, because of what we saw at the end of the episode, I think Roy is the, the leading candidate for this award and next week's episode. Like it would be great to see him kind of springboard into something like use this as a jumping off point um the food poisoning award for which moment from this episode gave you the most stress i think we've all said it i think is the kind of the misdirect that isaac might be homophobic uh was very was very upsetting uh just just to even have like i was very convinced that that is i mean of course the show was gonna do that isaac is a beloved character like that would be completely out of left field but in the back of my head i was like what if he had a whole rant against revenge porn yeah. Last like, episode. Yeah, he can't. He, but it lasted so long. I know. It got uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. They got me good. <laughs> uh, best time, worst time. Caroline, who had the best time in this episode? Man. Um, I think Nate had the best time. Nate's having uh, a good his time. Team, his team won. His girlfriend brings him lunch and doesn't fall for Rupert's shady shit. Like, because that's the thing, Rupert tried, to, Rupert was hitting on her in front of Nate. Like, that's like, he was doing his moves, his mm-hmm. forgetting the name, the like smarmy, you know, oh, you know if, if you wasn't so smart, I'd say she was out of your league. Like, Ooh, it's I like these that. backhanded yeah. compliments. It's the creepy guy at the like event that, or even heaven forbid workplace. Like everyone's run into 
this type of engagement um but he he's got himself in a good situation he's got himself a nice girlfriend he and again like you can say like he probably had a bad time finding out that yes rupert doesn't want to just grab beers with him at, at may's pub um but rupert doesn't want to go to b-dubs and, and yeah. Spend, <laughs> no, he's not trying, yeah but he made the right decision he made a decision that made him happy like i think that that's uh I think that's a good thing for him. And I, um, he's also having also, sleepovers with his lady friends. He so. is. I'm so proud of him. Uh, maybe, uh, I'll throw out, um, Sam too. He got to be captain. Super yeah. fun for him. I'll throw out Colin. I mean, Colin got, yes. to, it know, got a little, he, there were some rough moments for him where he thought his best friend on, hated him. early on, yeah. but, but, but where like, he's at at the end. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Just yeah. like the weight has been lifted. He yeah. feels great. He played great. Um. Yeah, I think the it has to be it has to be Colin, and especially because we we did get to see the scene that we were all anticipating with him and Isaac, and how lovely it was at the end where he he didn't want to say I love you, but he's like, mm-hmm. but you you know I do, you know I do. Oh, it was just that, a that's delightful. my that's my big chill moment. The Ugh. I love I love you, Boyo. Oh God, Ugh, Boyo! I, I love that he calls him Boyo. I know. He's always Boyo. You know who had a good time is uh, Henry's teacher because. <laughs> I, I, think I told true. you both. We, we've Love started watching jokes. Abbott Elementary, oh. and as we know, having a parent-teacher conference with a child that's not doing well. We the most recent episode we watched was the Educator of the Year episode, and yeah. uh, the so a parent-teacher conference. I know it's the best. A parent-teacher so conference good. goes poorly, and like think Henry's failing a class, failing science, and this teacher clearly had a wonderful experience <laughs> with this parent-teacher conference. So like, couldn't have gone better. So I think she could not have gone that. better. <laughs> Mrs. Ledbetters. Ms. Ms. Led, Led Ledbetters. Had, had, had a great time. Better, we better let Ledbetter go. She's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who had the worst time? Oh, man. Does anyone? Have, oh, I mean, the, the fan. Pretty, the fan. Yeah, the fan had a bad time. The fan, the fan had a rough time. Yeah. One, um, he thought he was going to get his ass kicked, which, like, that's never fun. Um, he got outed on national television as being homophobic, so that's that's tough. I mean, he deserves it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, he's, probably he's probably never banned. coming in. Yeah, he's probably never yeah. coming to the stadium again. He's he's banned from Mays as well, now that we know what yes. happened with the niece. Um, yes. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, honestly, like, I think... Nate had a little bit of a rough time. Like, I think part of the reason that we're like talking about him so positively is because he handled really tough situations well. But like, those are not great. That's not what you want when you're introducing your girlfriend to your boss. Um, true. You also don't really want to then have to like escape your boss and know that he's going to hold this against you because yeah. you did not want to alter all like be a party to his adultery that he wanted to commit. Ugh, what a creep. So I I do think like it's it's it was also not the best time he's had worse days obviously he's had worse episodes for sure um but i think those were probably some of the most uncomfortable situations uh that existed also you know again as much as i love trent being called old trent it's like new rebecca old rebecca (laughs) like just reminds everyone that you're old did roy have a good time or a bad time Uh... i think he had a he had a serious time he had i think he had a tough time he had a tough he he, he had learned some tough lessons and he had handouts and he had to relive a, a not proud memory he, and he got yelled at by rebecca he did I mean, he like got, he, he, he got, got yelled down. at he got he, he they told people his ass was hairy in public oh ooh, what about what about beard <laughs> <laughs> his music takes ripped I don't apart know. and they'll be all he... over the newspaper 
I think he thrives in that kind of chaos, though. I, that's true. Beard to me is very. He's a Teflon. chaos king. <laughs> I don't know what you can say to Beard that's really gonna like wreck him. I think he's he's just kind of like Teflon. But you did tell him that you're not gonna go on his um, tour around England that does the what's from call it things where he's the, like the someone Jack chases the Ripper, you. The Jack yeah. the Ripper tour. He is, <laughs> but like now every time he, anyone Google's Coach Beard, like all of these these scenes <laughs> these these clips will be out there no uh, i don't really think it was i don't think it was anyone had a really rough time like it was either someone got pushed to grow or like were very much like they made a hard decision and like got affirmation and that it was the right decision rupert mm-hmm. had a rough time everyone knows he's a jerk yeah, everyone already I, knew that yeah I, I don't think that bothers him honestly yeah <laughs> um yeah i I want to talk here in a little bit about how he might get his comeuppance, but uh, the big chill I I've mentioned my call, just the entirety of Colin and Isaac scene, everything having to do with Colin really yeah. like the, the moment because yeah. we, we knew it would happen. We knew the season wouldn't end with Colin still being deeply closeted with no one knowing. And I thought they handled it perfectly. Um, it, it just, it was, it was emotional. It, it was, yeah. it was deeply, it felt deeply real felt felt deeply authentic it wasn't a he didn't get up and give some huge speech like stop them randomly like it was something that he had to kind of come to isaac's defense in, in a little bit to like not he realized that it was it was time and um and then that, that moment at the end of you know i you know where isaac's like you know i i you know you know i do or something or whatever he says like it's beautiful the um I think the first the first time I got choked up in this episode uh, was when he went into the stands because it's the again the way that he acted it was so it was the that's when I was like they've got us they're not they're not they're not going astray on us because he was I think it's something that he I know it's something that he would think was inappropriate regardless but knowing what he knew about his best friend who was standing right next to him having to hear that like ignorant man say that thing to him and hear that it like was the first time that he experienced it through that lens and i don't know how much they'd hear it or whatever else but um it was seeing someone stick up for their friend like that that gave me like such a big chill moment because it was like sure it was the wrong thing to do like mcadoo like you don't go in the also i was kind of disappointed they didn't like do a they said like mcadoo goes mad i was like you could have done like a matadoo it would have been great anyway sorry (laughs) Um, I'm turning into a tech. <laughs> I was like looking for like the Keely puns where she was like, tarts, tart, like whatever. Um, but that gave me all the feels because it was just, it's his best friend. He doesn't want anyone talking about. And then for him to get into the locker room and he can't even explain to his teammates why he's so mad and why he just did the thing that he did because he's not going to betray his best friend and spill that secret. Like all of that together was just so, um, Oh, just pulls at my heartstrings. Yeah, I I think it's the obvious parts, right? It's it's the I would I would say starting after that scene, honestly, like getting into the locker room, Roy and Isaac being pulled out, and then I mentioned this off the top, but I just thought it was really smart to not actually show him saying I'm gay, like yeah. so that we didn't we're not dissecting how he said it or you know like the tone. It was just the immediate lead up cut away we watch someone else processing how their anger is misplaced because they're upset and hurt that their friend didn't trust them with this important piece of who they are 
Then you go back to the immediate reaction. It's immediate acceptance. We talked about, again, not caring versus we do care in the right way. Um, and then you had the J- you had Jamie and Sam almost like right away, like the the the, the lightness, the moments, you know, to, to laugh. Um, I, it was just that whole that whole bit. It just felt so vintage Ted Lasso. Like it felt like some of those really well-deserved scenes late in season one where we really had gotten to know the characters like and you watched Roy soften right and you're just like it's just that whole like back half of an episode that just you're just in that moment the whole time you just feel it and then in those moments in season two you know I I my all-time favorite moment in the whole series was Jamie and Roy's hug um like but like I just remember that whole back half of the episode like I didn't breathe right like you're just it's so sustained and so that Last however many, 10 minutes, 15 minutes of this episode felt like that. It felt like all the best of those moments in Ted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, questions for the next episode is turning into how does the show need to wrap with, you know, with three episodes left? Like what we think wow, might happen is kind of- Wow, thanks for the reminder. Hey, that- so, you know, we, we've got we've to face reality here. So it's it's kind of a combo of what do we think is coming up what do we think, you know, and how do we think things are going to wrap? I mean, I I laid my claim earlier that I think Roy springboards off this. Do we get that scene in that we've seen in the previews of Jamie walking in on Roy and Keeley holding hands in what appears to be Jamie's childhood bedroom? Is that next? Um, but it, does does Roy kind of take more command of his circumstances and, and try to fix things in some way? Yeah, I think that's I think big. so thing is is dutch mcdreamy showing back up he's got yeah. it he's he's got he's he's got to get in here soon as tick tick my friend there's got to be some event thing coming up i think there was I, I i like the idea of the found the matchbook and that's how he ends up back at at ola's and we got to meet the daughter and like i'm just very excited for this i cannot wait they got to wrap that up and then we got to figure out what um like Ted and Michelle, it seems like they're in a good place with the co-parenting right now. Like the the, um, even though they're far away, is the like both on the parent-teacher call, et cetera, et cetera. Um, honestly, those are probably the only three things that I. Well, Nate. Yeah, I think we're getting close to. Here's a question: How do we end up? Is there a way that, that this ends with Nate staying at West Ham but Rupert being gone? No, I think it's, I, I think it's got to bring us back to Nate being back in the fold with everyone else. And I think it could yeah. be that maybe they do start losing. Rupert just is looking for any excuse to get rid of him. He's not the cold-blooded killer he thought he was getting. Um, and then does Nate help them prepare to play West Ham? I don't know if there's non-competes and issues in the Premier League yeah. in this world. Um, but I, I don't, I don't really see a way where Rupert get screwed out of owning a team this time. Like that can't happen twice. And it's unrealistic that just because Nate is having this redemption arc that he then gets to best Rupert. Like, I don't, I don't think that it's going to come out like that. I think it's more likely that he comes back home. Um, and I, I don't think know he has how to quit exactly though. I think he, he can't get fired. I think that's, mm-hmm. he could, he it has quit. to be, he, he it has to be him making up. a decision that yeah, I mean, he leaving. finally stood up to Rupert this time, you know, maybe he gets some information or like a tip or something that like he, you know, wants to re- turn in a report or something. Right. And then Rupert's yeah. like, no, don't do it. Whatever. But I mean, we did see him stand up to Rupert 
and leave. So that's not out of the realm of possibility. Again, I think they were clearly moving towards some sort of like high stakes match where there's something at stake there. Um, They certainly are setting up Roy to be Ted's successor. Um, So what what does that mean for Ted? Is he going back home to be a better dad to Henry? Is he going back to Kansas? Is he... Are him and Beard going to end up on the same continent? Um, I I love the idea of the matchbook bringing the uh, the what do we call him the Dutch Dutchman? McDreamy Dutch Dutch McDreamy back um, and like again we still need lightning and thunder right so like maybe it's a stormy night and like they just like there's a flash of thunder and then like he's that's what I'm set. saying and you guys told me it was too intense well I don't not, there has to be something because I think last... I described it more like it was like a terrifying horror movie like everyone gasped and looked at the door and there he was like hulking and I just mean more like they turn because there's thunder and as the door opens and he like it's like the rain thing you know like where they're like you don't know who it is for a second and he like pulls the hood back and she's like swoons that's my that's well there has like, to be we want to get into a rom-com of it that is my rom-com of it <laughs> I I think that there has to be a resolution there um yeah he's coming back he's coming back um, I'm I'm all with you guys now on on the Keeley and Roy Endgame. Listen, I I Jamie has grown. I love Jamie. I think that he is mature and he loved Keeley more than I think we all kind of gave them credit for in the moment. Um, the way that he handled the the photo leak, everything was was wonderful. But yes, I mean the way that she was looking at Roy, um, and ever, and always looks at Roy. I mean that's that's the end game there. So we'll get that. Do you guys think that? So if if where do you think Ted's going to end up? Like, is he ending in Paris with Michelle? I said at that. least, yeah. That's I like s- we texted about this. Like that is going to be the last I, shot. I don't think it's the best. Like I actually think having talked to other um, to friends who are divorced and co-parenting and things like that, like they were like, no, they cannot end up back together. Like it's not a good fit. It's not a good relationship. And, like, you would still run into some of the same problems, if not all of the same problems that they already had. But I do think they are setting up to be very poetic from a storytelling standpoint for him taking her to Paris and all of the spots that he believes are just the most romantic places on Earth. I could yeah. see it. I could also see him coaching the MLS team in Kansas City. Um, I don't I don't know off the top of my head if they have one, but it's, that sounds right. I think they do. Wichita they, State doesn't have major college football either. But no, no. The well, they they had said that that Ted Lasso that Wichita State also was a D two school, um, D two college football. Uh, I the one thing about Rupert, I think he will get more of a comeuppance than just a bad loss. I think there's. I don't think we see like. I don't think we leave the show and Bex is still stuck in this shitty marriage to this this old shitty man. I think there's like. Like you said, Nicole, I don't think he loses a team again because I, you know, that's a fool me once, fool me twice. <laughs> he would be such an idiot. If he, 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 he would have the worst green up in some way. Where yeah, he... but I, I think in some way something comes back on him to where his his life is worse, uh, more than more than just a single loss. But yeah, we're we're headed towards a lot of things. We're we are in the end game now. And Stop. Are you trying I know. To cry again? I know. <laughs> Why are you reminding her of Marvel movies that make her cry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, feel go so see. good, Mr. Lasso. Stop! No, don't. Stop. You- <laughs> 
It's so rude. Oh my god, that might be the meanest thing anyone has ever done to Caroline. At some point, not on this episode, but we need to do uh, Ted Lasso characters as Marvel characters. Um, I, yeah, C- content at, at for the win. Um, with that, <laughs> that being said, uh, that is season three, episode nine, the episode of title. I am not going to say again, Nicole, <laughs> Caroline, y'all are the best. Everyone go check out bet for the win. Everyone go check out the athletic. If you want to support the show, go to patreoncom slash big screen sports, and we will be back next week talking season three, episode 10. Thanks for listening.